Welcome back to another episode, maybe a rebirth, if you would. The calendar has turned to August, which means it's a time for the Sing Second podcast to ramp back up as college football is around the corner. High school football for a lot of the schools, in the, or some of the schools, I should say, in the state that have a week zero game um, started this week. We'll start next week. Um, and tonight, we're recording this on August 4th, uh, is the NFL Hall of Fame preseason game uh, between Jacksonville and Oakland. And so um, Oakland's intriguing, um, obviously, with the addition of Devontae Adams and all the craziness that entails the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs and their um, high-powered offense and consistent uh their consistent success the last few years. Um, obviously, Oakland adding Devontae Adams from Green Bay. Um, Russell Wilson joining the uh, Denver Broncos at quarterback. And lastly, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that one's still hard to say, Los Angeles Chargers. And their success with their quarterback, but also with um, – that defensive line with Bosa and everything they've added this offseason. And so it's an exciting time as we get closer to uh, college football, the NFL really being in their uh, preseason camps. And um, we're, on, we're on the verge. Uh, baseball is in full swing, obviously. But with 162 games, it's really pretty easy to tone in and out of all of that. Uh, comes in, comes and goes with baseball. Um, I had a trip to Scotland this summer where I got to go to the open at St. Andrews, which was an amazing experience. And so uh, a renewed uh, following in golf the last few weeks has, weeks has been awesome to help pass this time, but football is upon us. And I believe since the last time we've, uh, we've done this, the big 12 has new teams and UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston that will join next year. They reached uh, settlements with the American Conference there, um, BYU obviously not having any restriction being independent. Uh, but most recently, the big news is USC and UCLA uh, creating some drama and jumping ship from the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten after the in the 2024 season. And so, a lot to look forward there. Um, it, it really eliminates kind of that uh, regional regional conference alignment and yes uh the big 12 could say they did that with west virginia um, or missouri and the the sec but not quite the distance traveled of usc and ucla to a maryland or rutgers on a saturday for football or a tuesday or thursday or volleyball or basketball as, as they will become full members and it really kind of begs the question what's next and i think that's kind of the intriguing intriguing part because not only does uh fall camp leading up to the first few weeks of the of the football season have a lot of questions around how will my team look or how will the top teams of of the sec and the big 10 look in that national spotlight but now it's what will that spotlight look like? Are we really heading to those two major conferences that uh, to mega conferences that everybody um, has said we are going to, are we going to have a um, soccer regulation system, which I think would be 
a cool uh, relegating system of Power 5 to G5, G5 to FCS or something crazy like that. Um, but also kind of created some drama, not with the Big Ten, though. Uh, the, the Big 12, obviously, is in a, a spot where, yes, they just added UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston. But could they add Arizona or Arizona State? Um, and, and some of these schools have a lot more value outside of football. Obviously, Arizona's basketball program is pretty good. Um, Stanford, what are they going to do? Because they're a big brand, but football and basketball have been up and down. Uh, but there, there's one team out there that isn't getting a lot of love, which I think is interesting because kind of like Notre Dame, they carry a big brand. Uh, they've had success both on football and basketball courts. Um, that's Oregon. And what are they going to do? Are they going to be a free agent? Are they going to be of any source of power in the coming years of how this all shakes down? Um, but kind of going back to the Big 12, Pac-12 thing, the Big 12 uh, never really said that they're looking to expand. Like, yeah, they could add an Arizona and there's Arizona State. Utah would fit with BYU, things like that. But it was never actively. And then the Pac-12, at Pac-12 media days, the commissioner came out and kind of hinted at some beef with the Big 12, even though uh, the Big 10 is the one that poached two of its biggest money-making programs in USC and UCLA. And so uh, a lot of intrigue going forward. Now we'll look more at the games on hand in, in the future episodes as we get closer to uh, the, the, first, uh, the first weeks in, uh, in less than a month, really. And that kind of leads me to a quick little breakdown of Nebraska's football team this year. Um, different places have them winning different games, the over-under being uh, six and a half to seven and a half, somewhere in there. Um, you know, I think Nebraska has an intriguing roster this year, very much a last year's team versus the transfers they brought in. They brought in a lot of big transfers, QB Casey Thompson, Cheva Purdy, uh, Casey Thompson, formerly a starter at Texas, which um, at least should uh, ring not ring a bell, but should give fans some hopes because he played um, some some big games in his in his career, had some great production. Um, Chuba Purdy uh, as a as a redshirt freshman and some garbage time for Florida State, but some decent numbers and um, those look to be the one two uh, going into fall camp. But then you have like a Logan Smothers who's been here for a while, um, was Scott Frost's guy. Um, in, in that recruiting class at the quarterback position. And so how they all fit in. Um, and this really leads because uh, Nebraska has one of the earliest games, if not the earliest game on the college football schedule this year, when they travel to Ireland to play Northwestern. So not only is it um, a power five matchup to open the season, it is against uh, a Northwestern team that was throttled by Nebraska last year, but it's in Ireland. And so it's an interesting uh, conference game, big power five game to start start the year, and how are they going to be um, prepared and, and ready to go overseas, not just kind of an, ex, an excursion or vacation, but a, a business trip. And so kind of balancing the quarterback position there with the, the two new faces in the room uh, with the, the four or five guys who have a, a year or two or three under their belt in the system, but adding – the new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple from Pitt last year, who obviously was uh, the offensive coordinator for Kenny Pickett, and he was a Heisman finalist. So 
um, should raise some eyebrows of what potential or hope in that from that position after after really three three four years where we knew it was going to be Adrian Martinez at quarterback because um, he, he played didn't play great after his freshman year, but he played well enough to it always be his job. And so this fall camp, um, at least the quarterback position, looks like it could be a fun one. And and with Mark Whipple and his recent history of quarterback development, it should be fun to watch. Um, a, a second area of intrigue with hope, um, especially with the emphasis on the hope that um, a, a a defense that was great last year um, kept Nebraska in a lot of games that the offense struggled with. Maybe got gotten stronger uh, with some transfers from Osh, uh, TCU like Oshawn Mathis uh, or Texas Tech or an Alabama transfer here or there. Um, really should make it interesting because obviously Nebraska uh, lost some on the D-line and linebacker, uh, but they've had a lot of guys step up. Um, Garrett Nelson obviously has gotten a lot of praise um, being from Nebraska and being a, a key part of that uh, Nebraska defense. But uh, there's there's Nebraska kids, there's regional kids, there's uh, kids who are originally recruited out of the high school ranks from across the nation that have, you know, really invested in this Nebraska program that are a, a big part of the their success last year, but should be leaders this year. And so DBs um, like Quentin Newsome. Uh, Miles Farmer are back. And so how will those guys, um, you know, kind of embrace the the top tier recruits or transfers that came in like I know Sean Mathis, who could potentially be a pretty high draft pick in this year's draft if he uh, has that same production like he did at TCU last year. Um, so that, that should be an exciting, hopefully, continuation of Eric Shenander's defense. Um, special teams kind of goes in with that defense. Can the special teams really turn a corner? Uh, they brought in uh, Brian Buschini, who's a, a punter from uh, the University of Montana last year, who was a highly regarded punter at the FCS level. And so um, can he continue to have that success and really make the special teams not a liability and really help the defense, help the offense, both in the return game, but also punting and kicking as well. And then lastly, one thing that will always be of interest, and it seems like it's been this way since the days of, you know, Roy Hallou, Rex Burkhead, where it was boom, boom, boom of 1,000-yard running backs. But what will that running back room look like? Because the last few years, we've struggled to have a running back over 500 yards. Um, One year, Adrian Martinez was our leading rusher, and that's always scary when your quarterback um, is your leading rusher. and It makes you – Nervous if he t- gets one more hit here or there, what that rest of the offense begins to look like. And so there's um, a slew of people coming back that have experience that are looking to become a featured back. And, and so can the evolution of the quarterback situation actually help out the run game and vice versa when, um, when this offense gets rolling. And then lastly, the wide receiver production has kind of gone by that same um, mentality, obviously, uh, as the running backs with the the receiving core having some turnover as it always does a new wide receiver coach mickey joseph obviously praised comes from the sec lsu where he's turned out some top tier talent the last three four years and he has some transfers come in to help him some some pretty high caliber uh, wide receivers and so what will his 
production, what will his effect, if you will, on that wide receiver room do to guys like Omar Manning and um, Alante Brown, who've been here for a few years, but are really uh, looking to be breakout receivers and how will those transfers really break in. And so really a, a topic of discussion or to follow as we go through this season is how those transfers really uh, embed themselves into the, the Husker culture. And can they really uh, provide the upside that uh, they had while they're either in high school and being recruited by some of the top schools in the SEC or Big 12? And how do they transition and continue that success or create success here at Nebraska? And so, again, it was a great time because football is back. Tonight's the Hall of Fame NFL game, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm, probably, I'm sure I said Oakland earlier, but the Las Vegas Raiders, that's still a new one too. Um, high school football, uh, two weeks from tomorrow. If, if you got week zero game, three weeks from tomorrow, if you're, you're off still. Um, and then in less than a month, we've got college football back. So again, great time to really be following sports as uh, golf starts to head down the home stretch. Baseball is past the trade deadline, which is always kind of a, a monumental place. And um, definitely be following us on Twitter as we go through this football season, hopefully hoping to have a lot of new content and a lot of uh, discussion based around what's next an ever-changing landscape of college athletics. And so we're really close to finding out who's going to be tuning up the band and singing second.